Welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. We have finally made it to week 18 of the NFL, the final week of the regular season. It's hard to believe that we have already gotten here. And since we are here, our lock of the week, while we will still do one this week, is over. I got last. John got first. Josh got second. Underdog of the week is over. Josh got his first win of the year last week with his least favorite coach, maybe now favorite coach, Mike Tomlin, going into Seattle and picking up that ninth win, as we all knew Mike Tomlin would at the beginning of the season. Uh, and so Josh will have to run the half beer mile. I have already run my beer mile. You will be seeing that shortly coming out on some of our socials. It was quite the time. Um, I will say I'm excited to have a lock of the week this week that doesn't uh, really threaten me to do anything bad again. Um, but yeah, obviously a huge week in the league. Go over uh, Mizzou's Cotton Bowl win. A lot of stuff to talk about. Let's just get it kicked off on Saturday. We got two games. Pittsburgh at Baltimore currently. Pittsburgh's a four-point favorite because Lamar Jackson's not playing. Yeah, I kind of still like Baltimore at home. I just feel like every time these two teams play... It's basically a field goal. It's low scoring, and they normally split the season series. And Pittsburgh got the first one. I think Baltimore gets this one. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick the Steelers. I think Baltimore's really not gonna be caring much about this week, as they literally have nothing to lose. And the Steelers are gonna come be coming in with everything to play for. And if the Steelers win. Then we also have a chance for the Bills to not make the playoffs. That is true. So we should all be big Steelers fans. Um, I am going to go with the Steelers as well. I think maybe this might be a little bit um, nearsighted of me, but I think that the transition to Tyler Huntley won't be as smooth as it has been in the past with how much the Ravens game has changed. Um, Lamar's definitely stepped his game up passing this year. Tyler Huntley predominantly more of a running threat. Um, and, yeah, I think the Ravens have moved away from relying on that in, from their quarterback as much as they usually do. So I think maybe this will be a little bit of a transitional game for the Ravens heading into the playoffs. I'll take the Steelers to win. And just looking at this game, uh, talking about playoffs again, all you need for the Bills to not make the playoffs is obviously the Dolphins to win, the Jaguars to beat the Titans, and then the Steelers to beat the Ravens. Two of the three are pretty easy, in my opinion, or doable. They're, I think they're all very doable. I, I mean, think they're what, doable. Not... And it's no. at Miami, too. So like The NFL's dream is for Pittsburgh and Jacksonville to both win. So heading into Sunday night, not only is that game up for the division, it's also Buffalo's life. That not only can Buffalo win the division and be the two seed going into the game, they can also miss the playoffs entirely. That would make Which is fucking for awesome. great television. That would make for great drama, great television. Uh, the NFL would die for that scenario. So, But this is all if Pittsburgh beats the Ravens, which yeah, in Pittsburgh's my opinion is win. probably the hardest thing. Pittsburgh's got to win, and then, of course, Jacksonville's got to win, which isn't a give me either. Mike Vrabel's team can't imagine. Also, Texans and Colts can't tie. Can't tie. Okay. Don't tie. Well, a good little segue into it. Uh, Texans at Colts. Texans are currently one point favorites in Indy. This is a this is a win and end for both teams. The winner will make the playoffs. Loser is going home. Oh man, this is tough. I this one feels so easy to go Houston. Like I think Houston's a better team, but I mean you're talking rookie quarterback on the road, final week of the season, playoffs on the line. People forget. All the way back in week two, this Colts team dominated, dominated Houston. Beat the piss out of Houston. They were up in Houston at one point, 21 points. I Call me crazy, I'm going Indy. I actually am going to go Indy in this spot. I love Shane Steichen. I think he, I know Stefanski will win coach of the year, and I'm not saying he shouldn't, but I absolutely love what Shane Steichen's done, and this Colts team is just so much better at home than they are on the road. I'll take Indy. And what should be a really entertaining game. I think it's very interesting when you look at this game because you brought up a good point in their past previous uh, matchup, and that was on the road, and now this is at home for the Colts. Uh, the Texans, I don't really remember much of their game last week. I don't think it was that crazy of a game. 
They played I've, Tennessee, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they actually looked they, really good. Yeah, they kicked the shit out of them. It wasn't even close. Uh, Yeah, I think this is actually a really close game. I think it's closer than what people think. I think the one-point spread is, is accurate. I think if a lot of people look at this game, they kind of view the Texans to win in a landslide. And I don't think that happens. I'm going to take the Texans. But I think one-point spread is pretty pretty fair i think this is a field goal game at most yeah in my head i had this game at texans minus two and a half so i'm gonna take houston to win this um i while you guys mentioned that week two matchup if i'm not mistaken that was kind of during the time that uh people were uh, talking about anthony richardson being the best quarterback in the draft um still could be um, but it's you know harder did start that game he did, did he? Okay, that is interesting. He didn't. I, I remember, didn't Richardson get like a concussion? He got, um, I, I could have swore he got concussed. Okay, no, Richardson started game. it, went 6 for 10, got hurt. Minshew came in, yeah. went 19 for 23, 171 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, it was basically. Minshew okay. led the oh. victory. Yeah, It was Minshew. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll take the Texans, though. I'll keep it that way. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think either of these teams really have much of a shot to win a game past this week. Um, I think they'll meet their fate uh, around one of the playoffs, but I'll take the Texans in a close oh, one. Yeah, I, I mean, this the winner of this game, I mean, it, there's, there's a million scenarios, but let's just say that Buffalo beats Miami, right? Or Pittsburgh loses to Baltimore, right? So if the, either of those two happen, the winner of this game is the seven seed, and they'd either go to Buffalo or they'd go to Miami. So... They're probably going to get killed. Or, I mean, there's still a scenario, and we'll get there down the line. There's still a scenario the winner of this game wins the division. That will have yes. to be determined on Sunday. But if Jacksonville loses, the winner of this game wins the AFC South. I'm kind of surprised they put it on Saturday. It would have, normally in these types of scenarios, they would place the Jacksonville game at the same time. So there's, you know, the live drama. But. Interesting, interesting situation here in the AFC South. Jacksonville can still miss the playoffs entirely. All three of these teams can either win the AFC South or miss the playoffs entirely, which is a really interesting scenario heading into the last week of the season. But I think it should be a good game. I think both these teams are pretty even. Um, both teams really smashed their over from their preseason over-unders. Overperformed very, very much so. Uh, could you guys... If the Texans make the playoffs, it'll be with a rookie head coach, D'Amico Ryans, and a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Can you name the last rookie head coach, rookie quarterback combo to make the playoffs? Bruce Arians, Andrew Luck. You were close. It was Chuck Pagano, Andrew Luck. But yeah, it was. Oh, shit. I were... thought that Chuck Pagano went down for the leukemia that year. No, but that never mind. <laughs> it was Chuck Pagano in. Uh, Chuck Pagano was the head coach, John, but the interim was Bruce Arians. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. close one. I had, had Arians had a head coaching job before that. That's the real question. I don't remember, but I don't know that. that At least was, I was close. I'm glad I was close. No, I, I gave it to you. That was that was. I was surprised yeah. you knew that off the top of your head that soon. But the point is, it has been a long, long time since that has happened. It's a very rare thing for that to happen. So that's, that's pretty impressive. And yeah, actually no, Chuck Pagano coached that entire year. He went 11 and five. Okay. So it was the next year that he had the, Oh no, uh, never leave. Never mind. Right. It says notes, missed 12 games due to cancer. So no, he did miss some of that season. Okay. So maybe he was back for playoff time. That might've been what it was. Whatever it was on uh pro football reference, they accredit him all 11 wins that year. So whatever and you want to do. Technically, that. Technically, Bruce Arians was a rookie head coach for that interim stretch, so not completely incorrect there. I'll no, take it. No. Okay. Let's move into the Sunday slate, and we'll start at the noon slate. Um, I'll go over the games that don't matter first, so we can get into the games that do matter. Uh, Browns and Bengals. Bengals are seven-point favorites. Nothing really matters here. Um, Browns are locked into that five seed. Bengals are out of it. Um I just, yeah, you can get you can give me Cincinnati here. I I anticipate Cleveland won't be playing their starters all four quarters. Um, you can give me Cincinnati here. Agree. Yeah, give me Cincy. Jets Patriots Patriots are two point favorites. 
Jets have not beaten the Patriots since Ryan Fitzpatrick was on the Jets back in 2015. So this, I mean, while it doesn't mean anything standings-wise, it would still probably be nice for them to win. But I, I like New England. I like New England to go out. Uh, unless it's the ultimate tank job, which if I were them, yeah, I'd, I'd probably make sure I lost this game. But yeah, I like New England. Give me the Jets. Okay. Uh, I'll take New England. Um, I'll even get into the, some afternoon games that don't matter. Broncos at Raiders. Raiders are three-point favorites. I'll take the Raiders at home. Antonio Pierce is you know, still coaching for something this week, trying to last chance to make an impression for that head coaching job. I mean, yeah, man. This game's actually. Oh. Go ahead, Josh. I was gonna say this game's actually huge for me because <laughs> I have a oh, that's right. bet with a buddy for the Broncos to not get over nine wins, which they won't. But if they win this game, it gets them in second place. And the added part of this bet was if the Broncos get second place or higher in the division, it's twenty bucks. So, if the Broncos lose this game, I get 30 bucks. If the Broncos win this game, I have to give my buddy 10 bucks mm-hmm. or 20 bucks. So, like, there's a lot on the line for me here. So, give me the Raiders. <laughs> um, uh, if I'm Antonio Pierce, I'm totally not, not expecting to get this job. After the Raiders kind of had that messed up with, uh, what was the guy's name, Basaccia back in the day. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm a big truther with him but they turned around and hired josh mcdaniels so yeah. you better expect matt patricia to be I, the head coach of the raiders i saw year. someone said uh someone put in something and they were like antonio pierce makes sense so mark davis is going to give lincoln riley a 10-year 200 million dollar deal to be the next head coach yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean i think it's worth giving pierce a shot man um i don't i don't know how well he is x's and o's wise or any of that but that can be papered over from time to time either way i'll take the raiders to win And then the last game that has absolutely no effect on anything else that could happen is Chiefs at Chargers. Chargers are three and a half point favorites. Been announced. Blaine Gabbert's going to start the game. Um, You know, other starters have not really been announced. I wonder if Kelsey will play to get to his 1,000 yards that, you know, he's trying to do for the eighth straight season. Either way, I I thought he already has. No, he needs 16 yards. Uh, But. <laughs> but uh yeah. I have no feeling towards this game. I kind of I understand the injury aspect of it, but I kind of wish they would treat this as like a practice and try some shit out because it's clear that they're not you know firing on all cylinders right now, but I understand the logistics of it. You don't want to get a guy hurt in a game that means nothing. You're the 3 seed. There's nothing you can do to be the two seed. There's nothing you can do to be the one seed. And there's nothing you could do to be the four seed. So I, I'll take the Chiefs. The corpse of the Chargers isn't very good either. But, man, like I I will, I will not be paying. <clears throat> excuse me. I will not be paying attention to this game very much. Give me the Chiefs. Fuck it. I don't know. I'm going to take the Chiefs as my underdog of the week. <laughs> okay. Just to be able to say that I did this. I mean... Uh, how many times are we going to be able to take the Chiefs underdog of the week? Um, not not super common. Um, but, man, yeah. I'm, I am kind of looking forward to the game just just to see a G, uh, Blaine Gabbert be the quarterback of my team one more time, one last time. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe he'll pull it out of his ass. He's just going against Easton Stick. If I had to guess, a lot of the heavy hitters for the Chargers will be sitting out in this game as well. So, mm, going to be – sort of a preseason level competition here but oh well one last uh maybe a chiefs game that isn't just like pulling teeth painful to watch um you can just kind of sit back and enjoy the game so i'll take them underdogs okay now every game left that we're going to talk about has some sort of meaning it can happen something can happen that matters okay tampa bay at carolina bucks are four and a half point road favorites it's pretty clear if you're the buccaneers here Win, and you win the division, lose, your season is essentially over. Um, And that being said, yeah, give me Tampa Bay. This team laid an egg last week against the Saints when they had a chance to win the division, but this is an entirely different scenario. The Panthers are dreadfully bad, like horribly bad. Got shut out by a very, very bad Jaguars defense. I mean, you lost 26-0 last week to C.J. Beathard, dude. Like, it... 
it's bad. They're done. They phoned it in. Please find Bryce Young a competent coach. I'll take Tampa to win and take the NFC South here. Yep, give me Tampa. I don't think there's any chance the Panthers somehow pull like maybe a Jacksonville Jaguars against what? The, who the was that? The Colts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see. Um, we, I don't think we get one of those upsets. Give me the Bucks. I'll take Tampa as well. Um, and I think you do have to kind of watch out for them a little bit. I'm not saying they're a clear Super Bowl contender, um, but they could knock. They could make a little bit of noise in the postseason. I think somebody drew the comparison about. Uh, Baker Mayfield to Tom Brady and that the Buccaneers are kind of loaded outside of the quarterback position. Um, so at least offensively. Uh, and I think this is the game that they're, they're glad to have as their win and get in game. Um, so yeah, I'll take the bucks here. Um, and I gotta say, man, it, it surprises me how much I actually enjoy Baker Mayfield now that Baker mania is over and he's not on my TV screen 40 times a day. Um, He's uh he's a compelling character, not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, it's impressive what Tampa did this year. I had them as one of the worst in the NFL coming into the year. Yeah, if I recall correct, we like all picked them at the bottom of that division. Yeah. If if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, so. probably. I I definitely did. I thought Maybe the Panthers be, lower, I don't know. I thought they were gonna be garbage. Um Minnesota at Detroit. The line is currently uh excuse me, Lions minus three and a half. Believe it or not, there's still a scenario the Vikings make the playoffs. I didn't even know about this until yesterday. Um, but apparently Minnesota still has a shot to get in the postseason, so I guess there is something on the line here for them. Uh, Detroit, I believe, could make it up to the two seed, but it would be pretty hard to do that. Uh, but yeah, give me Detroit, man. They are going to be super pissed off after the way last week ended. Uh, just listening to Dan Campbell throughout the week. I don't think you have to worry about them phoning it in this week. They are pissed. Oh yeah, for the Lions to get the uh, three or the two seed, they need Dallas and the Eagles both to lose, so that won't happen. Uh, yeah, give me Detroit. I think they're going to come and piss off, like you mentioned. Yeah, um, I'm really pissed off about the officiating from last week. I am angered, um, maddened. For one word, for for once, uh, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys. Can't stand them. Um, I'm not really a big fan of their stadium either. Not going to lie to you. Um, and yeah, I was really hoping to see him lose. I was with, uh, probably like five of my buddies and they were all betting on the Cowboys. I had no money on the game. And right before that last drive, I took Detroit money line at plus 600 to win 60 bucks. And Mm. I have never been blue balled harder in my life. (laughs) Let me tell you, I swear to God, I got up, ran around the room Gave everybody the double middle fingers. <laughs> Fuck you. Literally, I've never been more just like it was it was terrible. I had to leave. I had to leave after. Um, so thanks a lot to the refs for completely dropping the ball. Um I'll take the Lions here because I don't blame them at all. They 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 did everything they needed to give me a great win. Um and uh, the zebras fucked it all up for us. So let's go Lions this week. Damn zebras. Um, yep. for Minnesota to make the playoffs, I have done the, done the little machine. They need to beat Detroit, have the Panthers beat the Buccaneers, have the Cardinals beat the Seahawks and have the Bears beat the Packers. So good luck. Okay. Um, so a lot of stuff. Yeah. But it's technically still alive. Uh, Falcons at Saints. This is also a game of two teams that are alive. Interestingly, the AFC South and NFC South have played out essentially the same all through there's three teams that are alive that could win the division or miss the playoffs entirely the winner of this game will stay alive the loser of this game is officially dead um i like new orleans at home man can we just end the arthur smith era please i i don't want to see it anymore there's still a scenario where both new orleans and tampa bay could make the playoffs so that'd be interesting oh yeah <laughs> let's add on top to the the already long laundry list of what Minnesota had to do, Atlanta has to beat New Orleans as well. So, goodbye, Minnesota. And Yeah, I like New Orleans in this spot. Um, get a home win. I, I heard they're bringing back Dennis Allen, and I could not be more confused as to why dude is just so mediocre. I don't get it, but I'll take the Saints. Get it done at home. Give me the Falcons. <laughs> I think the Falcons are better than the Saints team. If they have the right pieces, they're just going to come up short. 
Um, I'll take the Falcons here. Honestly, man, I'm cheering for the Falcons to somehow fall ass forwards into the playoffs. I hate the Falcons. I want that to be caveated, but I, I want them to like misinterpret their result of this season and think maybe they did some things correctly. If they lose this game, it's pretty clear to them that shit screwed up and they need to probably clean house. And I don't think they deserve to get to do that because they did this to themselves. So I'm hoping that the dysfunction continues for a little bit longer. Fuck the Falcons. Uh, I hate Arthur Smith. They basically lost me my fantasy league, man. Led the league in points scored with B. John Robinson as my first overall pick. Not first overall, but like first round pick. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping the Panthers or the Falcons stay a circus for as long as possible because they deserve it. Um, and I can't stand them. Jaguars at Titans. Also, they gave Tom Brady a Super Bowl. Also, they gave Tom Brady a Super Bowl. Assholes. Jaguars at Titans. Pretty simple. Jaguars win. They're in. They win the division. They lose. They're essentially out of the playoffs. Jacksonville's five-point favorite on the road here in Tennessee. I'm doing it. Give me Titans underdog of the week. I like Vrabel to ruin the party here. And more so, just I think Jacksonville's cooked. I just think the season's cooked for them. Things have hit the fan. My Trevor Lawrence MVP preseason pick has turned out to be the curse that I feared it would be. Uh, and Tennessee at home, they just play hard. Frable's teams very, very rarely get blown out the way they did last week. I have no doubt, even though they're eliminated, that he will have them ready to play this week. Yeah, I I don't trust the Jaguars. Give me the Titans as well. Sorry, I'm not even um, doing underdog of the week, to be honest. <laughs> all right. You got to do one. matter to you anymore. Uh... Just f- find one eventually and pick one. Yeah. Um, I will take Titans lock of the week. Um, Jackson, I agree with your assessment of this game. I think the Jaguars are cooked. And even if they do get the win to secure the division, I don't really think they're going to get the convincing one that makes people think maybe they can be a um, a dangerous team in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I think it. if, if they win, it's going to be a close game. Um, I believe Doug Peterson was my coach of the year pick. And, man, I wish I would have stuck with my guns, calling him kind of a shitty coach. Um, I mean, I know when I picked him, I even said I didn't think he was a great coach, but I thought the Jaguars would be a little better this year. Um, But, man, I still have to point to him onside kicking against the Chiefs last year and then punting on fourth and one from the Chiefs' 41-yard line for a touchback. That was insane to me. Um, And, yeah, I'm honestly – I'm riding that back. So, Doug Peterson blows – and he's not going to convincingly defeat Mike Vrabel, who's going to bring him down into the mud and beat him. So I'll take the Titans. Seahawks at Cardinals, now into the afternoon window. Seahawks are two-and-a-half-point favorites. They have to win, and they're my lock of the week. Seattle minus two-and-a-half. Man, I'll I'll actually save the rant I was just about to go on for when we get to the Green Bay game. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm taking Seattle to win here and uh, keep their season alive and – Look for the help they need. Yeah, give me the Seahawks. I like them as well. Yeah, I'll take the Seahawks as well. Um, not really a game that I have my eyes on, even though there is some intrigue here. Um, Cardinals have kind of fizzled out going down here. It looked like a couple times they had some momentum going, but um, that clearly isn't the case. Um, Seattle, if they do win... Don't see them really being much of a danger team come playoff time. So I think this is probably the Seahawks' last win of the year right here. The Cardinals did go into Philly and win last week. I think it has to be talked about. Like, they went Jonathan Jonathan Gannon revenge game. First of all, Jonathan Gannon seemed like such a dork in that video where he goes up to Rondell Moore and he's like, pew, 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 explosive plays. But my God, like I actually respect the hell out of Jonathan Gannon. He can coach. Like this team going forward. I've been I, saying it all year. I have a lot of hype for him, and I have a lot of good feelings about the Cardinals going forward, depending on how they draft. But I like Jonathan Gannon a lot. There's a reason this is only a two and a half point line. Like most teams that are four and twelve, weeks eighteen of the season would mail it in and wouldn't give a shit in this scenario. But Jonathan Gannon has those guys all season. They didn't even have the talent to compete most of the season. And even without Kyler Murray, he had those guys playing their dicks off. So I I really like the Cardinals. Uh, Jonathan Gannon has 
earned a lot of respect and God, it was so sweet to watch him go in and beat Nick Sirianni. Yep. For, for one last time, man, I'm, I'm going to draw my comparison to uh, the Cardinals and a good college team getting out outmatched by Bama. I, I, I liked what I saw from the Cardinals a lot of times this year, even if it didn't result in a, you know, big winning season and they won me a lock of the week. So one and O picking the Cardinals this year, shout out to them. I think when you look at the Cardinals team, we I've kind of talked about this team. Excuse me, I've talked Wake about this up, team Josh. and holy shit! Sorry, I have talked about this team and uh, how much passion they have, and I think uh, Gannon's actually done a really good job for them. I think that this team's gonna be really fun to watch in the next few years, and I think they make it close with Seattle. But I also really like Seattle minus two and a half for lock of the week, so that was a good pick, Jackson. Eagles at Giants. Eagles are five-point favorites. What's what's crazy about this league is literally two weeks ago this game was played and Philly was a 12-point favorite. And I know they were at home, but, I mean, the line movement is crazy on this one. Eagles have to win to keep their division hopes alive, which are already dim. They need a Dallas loss, which we'll get to. Um, man, like this Eagles team just fell off a cliff after beating the Chiefs. It felt like they put... Everything they had left into beating the Chiefs and getting that revenge game. And after that, it has gone completely downhill. I'll take them to win this game just because the Giants are, you know, they're done. Their season's over. This is it. They're just probably, you know, they played hard last week against the Rams. They've done, you know, some good things later in the season. But, nah, man, I'll take Philly to win an ugly, really gross game. Give me Eagles minus five lock of the week. Mm-hmm. I think you're just gonna come in pissed off. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna take Tyrod Taylor here. I'm gonna wait, take wait, the shit, 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 fuck. What? 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 Too late. No, too late. It's too late. It doesn't matter. Jackson already ran the Beal mile. He wanted the Giants underdog, didn't he? No. I wanted Rams minus four, or plus four, but I guess well, I'll just you, make them my underdog. You took your pick. Sucks to be you. Um, <laughs> I am going to go with the Giants, like I said. Tyrod Taylor, baby. Um, yeah, Jackson, you made an interesting point about how that Chiefs-Eagles game was really the last time that people looked at the Eagles and Chiefs as dangerous teams. Um, people really started sussing the Chiefs that week, and the Eagles turned right around, and I think that's when they got slapped by the Niners. Um, so yeah, a lot has changed since that game. Um, I've kind of been on the Eagles sus train for a while now. I don't really expect them to, um, get back to the Super Bowl. I think we've kind of seen the Super Bowl lose their hangover with them, uh, yet again, but maybe they, maybe they can make their way into the NFC championship. I don't think that's off the table. Um, I'll take, I'll take the Giants here though. And they, oh, actually we'll just. Go into the yeah, we'll do this. Fuck it. Cowboys at Commanders. The Eagles are the biggest Commanders fans in the world this Sunday. Dallas, the only double-digit favorite of the week. Thirteen-point favorites on the road in Washington. It's as simple as this for Dallas: a win, and they win the NFC East. They're the two seed. A loss, they put themselves in danger of being on the road wild card weekend. I have no doubt Dallas wins this game. I have zero doubt at all that Dallas goes out and wins this game. Commanders are terrible, horrible, no good. I think you could argue worst team in the league. Give me Dallas. I don't know any I don't like the line. Like anytime a team's this big of a favorite on the road, you know my thing, home division dogs. But at this stage of the season with nothing to play for, I don't know if I'm so into that theory. Give me Dallas. Finish off the season. 12 and 5 and NFC East champions. The 19th consecutive year that that division will have a different champion than the year before. That's insane. Yeah, give me the Cowboys. Yeah, I'll take the Cowboys and I would take them spread as well. They they've had their share of problems, but uh, I have no doubt that they can throttle a terrible team into the ground when it's essentially a playoff game for them. So, yeah. Rams at 49ers. Not much to play for here, but there's still a little bit to play for. 49ers are four-point favorites. Now, while we were recording, Brock Purdy will not play in this game. 
Also announced earlier today, Matthew Stafford will not play in this game. So it will be Sam Darnold against Carson Wentz, which is a matchup back in 2018 that would have been exciting, but now I don't want to watch. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, the only thing that could possibly happen here, if the Rams win, they're the sixth seed. If the Rams lose, they're the seventh seed. That's basically all that's at stake. Um, I'll take San Francisco. They're a deeper team. If we're talking about guys sitting out, I think San Francisco's got the depth to win that sort of game. But, I mean, anybody putting money on this game is a complete sicko. Give me Rams plus four underdog of the week. This is my team that I put a future on to win the Super Bowl. Give it to me. I'll take the Rams as well. Um, yeah, uh, I don't hate Josh's bet like we talked about on the podcast last week. That's There's definitely a lot of value in that. Um, I'll, I'll take them to win this plus one. 7, they're now plus 6,000, so they're going up. Here's the thing. For your bet to happen, I genuinely think you have to win this week because if you lose this week, you go to Dallas next week, and I know. if you win that, you go to San Francisco the next week. If you were to win this week, you go to Detroit next week, which is a huge difference. I, I'd much rather take that route, and I guess you have the potential of the seven seed somehow winning and going to San Francisco for you, so you don't have to. Um, but yeah, um, I I'm, I think I'm it's big that the Rams why... win this. Why do you think this is Niners minus four? It seems like there's actually something to play for for the Rams while the Niners have the bye locked up. It's pretty clear, though, that the Rams don't do this as something to play for. They're not playing Stafford. Mm. I mean... Okay, so the Rams are not looking at it as something to play for. I see. That's my theory is, like, neither side really values... Well, obviously, San Francisco doesn't value this game. But you would think on paper, like, the, the Rams would value this... I just guess that they don't give a shit who they play wildcard weekend. They could care less who they play. And I also think it's a thing where it's like, maybe the Rams know, or maybe the Rams think deep down. And I think both teams probably have a hunch of this, that there's a strong shot. They see each other again. They don't want to necessarily open the playbook. They don't want to really show anything just in case they do see each other in a couple weeks. So we'll see. But, yeah, obviously neither team's taking this one super seriously. All right. The game of all games now. The Bears at the Packers. The Packers are three-point favorites. I feel like... Jackson, I, before you go into it, I, I want I want John and I to give our picks, and then you just set up this game for us. Okay. I think that's... And Bears plus three was going to be my lock of the week, but I fucked up. <laughs> John. So give me the Bears. I'm betting the Bears this weekend. Okay, you do that. I feel better I, about it now. I like I I like the Packers here. Um the Bears are definitely gonna do everything they can to play spoiler. Um and to be honest, man, if the Packers get their season spoiled by uh the Lions at home and then the Bears at home, uh in back to back years, Jackson, I'd have to say I have a little bit of sympathy on you for that one. But I already do on Packers fans because they put up with Aaron Rodgers for 20 years or however long he was their quarterback. I've learned um, my lesson. If the Packers lose to the Bears, don't talk to Jackson for 24 hours. I mean, Josh, to be fair, man, last year, I'm not really sure what you thought you were doing. But it was that, was, uh, it was that wasn't move. just talking to me. That was antagonizing me. That's different. What I no, do and what happened? Yeah, you sent me a Packers what happened immediately after and yeah, that was just cruel and unusual punishment for you to do. Yeah, especially after we got the classic Jackson Mad from uh, uh that the one 2021 NFC Championship forgiven. game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, Jackson, if anything, I think that made you just a slightest twinge bit happier about um the result of Super Bowl 55. <laughs> um but I I will take the Packers here. Um, I I don't think they're gonna drop another uh, you know grudge match to make the playoffs. So I think they'll pull through. Does anyone realize this is the exact same fucking scenario as last year? And not yeah, like kind 1, of not like oh it's a win and in. No, this is the exact goddamn scenario. Let me break. Okay, this can down I can you. I can I interject though? Can yeah. I interject? Yeah. It is a little different just because. Going into the day, when the Lions woke up that morning, they thought they might be playing a win and end game. You know, like they, it wasn't like they woke up knowing it was going to be just that we got to beat the Packers up until an hour before that game. 
there was still a chance that they could win and make the playoffs. That's the only thing. But otherwise, yes, you're right. And there are some things that make this different as well because, you know, the Bears-Packers rivalry and all that. But go ahead. Let me, yes, and that's the one big difference. But I still need to break down every eerily similar yeah. reality that we have. So let's start with last year and this year. Green Bay had to win week 17 to keep their season alive. Who did they have to beat? Both years, the Minnesota Vikings. And not only did they beat them, but now back-to-back years, they beat the shit out of them. In games that they were not favorites. They were not supposed to win. Okay, so we have that under control. What else did Green Bay need last year that they got this year? They needed Seattle to lose week 17. What happened? Seattle lost to Pittsburgh. So now we're in a very similar situation where Green Bay is at home in a win-and-in situation against a division rival and Seattle is the team that needs them to lose. It's the same fucking situation that it was a year ago. And on top of that, what what your point about Detroit was correct last year, but I think it's a very similar situation where Detroit was a terrible team last year who ended up gaining a ton of momentum at the end of the year and finished off strong And you could say the same about Chicago. They were a terrible team that has picked it up the last half of the year and has a shit ton of momentum right now and is playing great football. This is Groundhog's Day for me. Like, this is the same exact fucking thing, and it terrifies me. Like, I am so terrified of this game. I much much rather would have lost last week to Minnesota than lose this game. It will be so disappointing if they lose this game. But with that being said... I think the difference this year is that Jordan Love is playing better football than Aaron Rodgers was a year ago. I don't know how you'd even debate it. Jordan Love has played a much better season than Aaron Rodgers did a year ago. And Jordan Love has played a much better December slash now January than Aaron Rodgers was playing a year ago. I take Green Bay here. Matt LaFleur is 9-0 against the Bears as a head coach of the Packers. That's a fact. Packers own the Bears, and that's not changing this week, despite all of my PTSD and my worries. Give me Green Bay to win and then get their ass kicked in the wild card. If Justin Fields beats you, how what what is going to be going through your mind? Well, the one good thing that could, I guess, come about that is Joe Barry would have to be fired at that point. Um, there would be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He would go. Uh, But yeah, it would be very depressing. And I've said this, people that have asked me about this game also have said, are you worried about the Bears? And I said, no, I'm worried about the Packers. Because I think the only way Green Bay loses this game is if they beat themselves. I really do feel that way. If they make stupid mistakes and turn the ball over, that's how they lose. But if Green Bay just plays to Green Bay's standard that they've played the last month, I I don't see them losing this game. Like, I just don't. Chicago, there is an element to what John said of... Detroit all week last year in game day all the way up until right before kickoff believed they could go to the playoffs if they won that game. That is not there in Chicago right now. And I don't care what you want to say. It's just the human element of things. That's a different vibe. That's a different adrenaline. That's a different type of motivation when you think you can make the playoffs versus when you have no deep down, when you know your season's over after this game. I'm not saying that's going to prevent them from playing hard. I'm not saying that's going to prevent them from playing spoiler, but it is a different type of week leading up when you think you have a shot at the playoffs versus when you know this is your last game of the season. If Green Bay, and I've said this to other people, if Green Bay gets up in this game like by two scores, I could easily see Chicago just mailing it in. Versus last year, like Detroit... I th- they would never have. They were going to battle that thing out to the very last second. I think if you pounce on them, they're done. But if you give them the hope and if you give them the opportunity to get the confidence that they can they can beat you and end your season, they they will. They they sure as hell will. So I'm very nervous. I wish Sunday could just get here already. Oh my gosh, I this is so didn't even think I'd be in this scenario. We were three and six at one point. Like I didn't even think this was a possibility. <laughs> Week eighteen against the Bears was never something on my mind. But here we are, man. This is the NFL. It's what's, what's great about it. Um, and yeah, I will probably be very irrational from about three thirty to seven p.m. Um, on Sunday. 
Enough of me talking, though, about the Packers. Let's get into Sunday Night Football, the very last game of the regular season, the Bills at the Dolphins. I'm excited to talk this one with y'all. The Bills are three-point favorites in Miami. Miami has been fucked with injuries this month. Their center goes down for the season. Bradley Chubb just tore his ACL. Jalen Phillips tore his Achilles. Um, Xavier Howard's banged up and Jalen Waddle's banged up. And now Tyree Kill's house is on fire. It feels like everything that could go wrong right now for the Dolphins is going wrong. I don't see a scenario of Miami winning this. I think this is Buffalo all the way. What do you guys think? Oh, I think this is Buffalo by a million. <laughs> oh, man. I don't, okay. I don't think this is going to be close. I'm a little bit more thinking this is going to be a close game. Um, look, Miami had a poor performance last week. It's true. But so did Buffalo. So did Buffalo. Um, I think both of these teams come with their flaws. Um, I think this is why it feels so inevitable that the Ravens will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, right? Because these are the two teams that are supposed to be uh, their biggest competition when you consider the situation the Chiefs are in. Um and I mean, man, they I they they haven't fully convinced me. Um, I think this is going to be close. I I do like Buffalo. I I want to say this. I I would take if I had to bet on this, I would take Buffalo. But look, the Dolphins got blown out, and they did lose Chubb. And yeah, you mentioned every single thing went wrong. But at the same time, man, I mean, we're talking about Josh Allen and the Bills here. I mean, they could have one too many self-imposed fuck-ups, and the Dolphins are certainly capable of taking advantage of that. Um, man, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I, I expect like an actually contest, well-contested game rather than a Buffalo rolling them over. Um, but I'd like to hear more about why y'all think it'll be a blowout. I don't know if necessarily it will be a blowout, but I just, I don't see a scenario of Miami winning this game. Like it just feels so much like Buffalo wins this game. I just, I want Miami to win this game. I just don't see it man and if you're the dolphins you have to be so so sick that you lost that game to tennessee a few weeks back on monday night football when you had a two touchdown lead with under three minutes to go you have to be so sick of that because once that happened it completely opened the door for buffalo to win this division and buffalo has not lost since you've sputtered a little bit here we go now it's division on the line let us not forget the last time these two teams played, Buffalo kicked the shit out of Miami. When everyone felt like Miami was unbeatable and that the Dol- or that the yeah the Dolphins were just cruising through the league, they went up to Buffalo and got their ass kicked. So we'll see. It's not the same Buffalo team that it was then. There's no Tre'Davious White. There's no Matt Milano. We've hit on that throughout the season. But I just I, I trust Buffalo more here than I trust Miami. Yeah, I think Joshua. when you look at it, Jason kind of hit on the, all the points that I was thinking about. I think the way Buffalo's been playing recently, I feel, it feels like six or seven weeks ago we wrote Buffalo out of the playoffs, and they haven't looked back since other than their hiccup to the Broncos, which is going to cost me probably 30 bucks. So that's even a bigger fuck you, Buffalo, but that's neither here or there. When I'm looking at this game, I think the Dolphins haven't beaten anybody really good. They just got ran by the Ravens. Are they, are they still winless against a, a 500 no, or above beat, team? They beat the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, but the Cowboys are a different team on the road. I know that's just coming out with more and more excuses. I just think this Bills team is stacked better, and I think they're going to be better in this... Uh, excuse me, in this... Uh, bright lights. In these bright lights, I think Buffalo just rolls over Miami. I hope it comes down to the end. I hope it's a last possession game. I could very well see. Don't get me wrong. I hope Miami wins. I just think Buffalo wins. Like I just, I don't know if this will be a blowout or not. This could be a one point game. This could be a twenty point game. But I don't envision Miami winning this game. And maybe I'm being way too hard on them. And maybe I am drinking the Buffalo Kool Aid way too much. But yeah, like it. In my opinion, this is just a spot Buffalo wins. Josh Allen and the Bills find a way to win this game. And it sucks because Miami, for the majority of this season, was the better team. But these injuries are just unbelievably stacking up. I mean, they have just been killed with injury throughout the season, and it's getting worse, not better. A lot of teams this time of year kind of get some of their guys back. They're losing guys right now. So 
Yeah, man. I I hope this is a very good game. I could see it being a solid game, but I deep down really do think Buffalo wins this game going on the road. I mean, let's look. I mean, they're a three-point favorite in Miami. Like the books are telling you a lot there that they view that this if was in Buffalo, they would put Buffalo minus six. Like this, their books are Buffalo telling minus you. nine. I was going to say Buffalo minus nine. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, sorry. The the books are telling you that they think that Buffalo is the far superior team. We'll see. Mike McDaniel's a hell of a coach. We will see. I'm excited for the matchup. I'm glad we got a matchup this year where both teams, you know, know, like going back to Green Bay last year, Detroit had nothing to play for on that game. It was all Green Bay on the last night of the season. This year, these two are going to go at it. This is for the division, and it could be for Buffalo's playoff live. Okay, now I do have a question. Do you prefer, assuming that it's a guarantee we play the combination of home away Buffalo slash Miami in the wild card and divisional, do you want to play home against Miami at Buffalo or the other way around? Or take Uh, your chances with Buffalo losing to the seven seed, obviously, because that's also a possibility, I think. I would rather. What are you asking? I'm confused. He's asking, would you okay, rather play Miami at home and then go to Buffalo, or Buffalo at home and then go to Miami? Buffalo at home and then get then go to Miami. I don't think that's hard. I, I don't think Miami has a home crowd. I would probably say Miami at home, and I say that because. Yeah. Oh wait, what? I, I I just say that because I think Buffalo would beat Kansas City in Kansas City. Like, I don't think it matters where that game's played. If you want to win a playoff game, I think you bring Miami here, and they're a terrible team against uh, teams with winning records. They are not a good road team. That would be the matchup I'd prefer. And like John said, who knows if Buffalo loses to the seven seed? Probably not, but it's a possibility. And even if not... I would feel better about ending the season with a loss in Buffalo than ending the season with a loss to the Bills at Arrowhead. Losing to them twice at Arrowhead this year would suck. Um. Okay, so you kind of phrase that as if you think it's kind of we're going to lose to Buffalo if we have to play them. I, 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 think it's a I tend to disagree with that. I think we have a better shot at beating Miami. Yeah, I think most people would say that. I think... I think you guys definitely rate Buffalo higher than I do. I think they're a lot more vulnerable of a team than people give them credit for. Um, I I will say, I think playing at home against Buffalo at Miami logistically is the better path if you're thinking, like, in a potential win the Super Bowl situation, right? Um, however, I kind of want to play home against Miami. I don't know what your guys' relationship with him is, but... I would love to beat Tyree Kill at my at Arrowhead. I really don't like Tyree Kill. Um, I am of the crowd that will boo him if he comes to Arrowhead. Um, yeah, I I would quite enjoy, beat? dude, because he spends all his time shit talking the Chiefs like the Chiefs like did him dirty or something. Yeah. I I just I'm oh, very annoyed by his. What's he gonna say? Tua sucks. I don't I don't no, agree no, with but him saying that. Have you not seen how many times, that, that's 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 how many times he like? Have you not seen how many times he's just been like, oh, the Chiefs didn't believe in me or like shit along the lines of that. And then like, well, basically dunked on us after the Bills game. Like, oh, yeah, see, they shouldn't have got rid of me. And it's like, bro, <laughs> we our offense got better and we won a Super Bowl when you left. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I'm I'm I don't know that there's there's been a lot of Tyreek Hill chit chat from him. And I'm I'm not a huge fan of it. Just 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 say it didn't work out. I'm happy where I am, all that. But, you know, if he wants to play dirty, we can too. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. He's got a little bit of a, not nearly to the extent, but a little bit of the Antonio Brown post-Steelers where he was like, Pittsburgh ain't, you know, want me. They ain't want to do shit with me. You know, Pittsburgh was the wrong, like, they, and I'm like, and everyone was like, bro, you literally forced your way out of Pittsburgh, dude. Like, you made this happen. I don't know why you're mad at Pittsburgh. That's kind of, you know, not to the fullest extent, obviously. Tyreek is much more sane than that, than uh, Antonio Brown. But 
it just kind of reminds me of that where it's like, bro, like, why are you still talking about us? Like, we, we just won a damn Super Bowl and you're like, yeah, they need me. No, we don't. Like, would you be an improvement to the current wide receiver core? Yeah. So would 45 year old Dwayne Bow. Like, it's not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, well that, out, please. that is literally every game of the regular season. We have picked, gone over and previewed every game of the regular season it's been a long, long season, and it's not over yet because we obviously have the playoffs coming up next week that we will go over every game there. Let's break down the Mizzou Cotton Bowl. Mizzou beat Ohio State 14-3. to You two were there. What were your overall impressions of the game? And just kind of recap your overall thoughts on the season and the future of the program. Josh, you want to go first? I can, yeah. I mean – the first three quarters, yeah, they they weren't they weren't fun to watch if you're probably on TV. But I had I enjoyed my time the first three quarters in the Cotton Bowl because I mean it was it was a surreal experience in my opinion. I know John said he didn't like the stadium, but I thought that stadium was insane. Uh, there's no stadium that I've ever seen like AT and T Stadium. It's a very cool stadium. Uh, Mizzou's defense was insane. I get Ohio State didn't have McCord or Harrison Jr., but they still had majority of their team playing. And when you look at it, this Mizzou team just came in wanting to win. And it was going to be hard, and we saw that. We're going up against one of the best defenses in the nation. And our team seconded that, too, and made it hard for Ohio State to score. Whenever Mizzou won, it was just enjoyment like I, I didn't cry or anything i was i was about to say tears of joy but like i wasn't crying or anything i was just like we actually did it we were picked de- second to last in our division and now here we are cotton bowl champs against a team that people viewed as title contenders now it's a different team yes don't get me wrong but it just made me very happy to see that this team had the grit to come back in the fourth quarter and score twice and I'm just glad we were able to leave a lot of people like Cody Schrader, like Chris Abrams on a good note. And I'm, I'm very, I was very excited for this team. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, man, it was a little unnerving at first because it really felt like the game was there for the taking even before the second string quarterback went down. Um, and then once they're running, uh, you know, direct snaps to the running back, um, that kind of stuff. It really feels like you got to win the game there. Uh, and the Chiefs, the, not the Chiefs, Mizzou did. Um, and you got to give them a ton of credit for that. It was largely a boring game, um, but I guess that's fine if you're the team that wins. Um, and it was, yeah, look, I mean, remember how many times I came on here and said, we need to fire Eli Drinkwitz, we need to do this, uh, we need to do that. And look, they they largely proved me wrong. Um, there were... There were weird things that I was correct about, but it's not. I'm not going to take any credit for it because um, I've said a whole lot of shit about Mizzou football in the past 365 days. Um, yeah, it was. It was really. It was good. It was just good to win. And look, as the Mizzou fan for the past however long, you've had to hear a lot of "you don't belong in the SEC," blah blah blah. Um, and I think this season largely cemented that the, that's all a bunch of nonsense. Um, and yeah, it was it was great, especially for the guys leaving. Um, and you, a lot of guys made just plays. There are plays that you'll remember, um, plays that maybe haven't been remembered. I think one guy that really deserves a shout out that hasn't gotten it is Theo East Jr. He made a couple of massive catches. He had that free play on the fade route down the sideline, and he also had a big third down conversion on the drive that led to the Marquise Johnson catch. Um, so just a lot of moments to look at. And yeah, I'm I'm completely thrilled with the product, the end product of this season. Um, and especially I'm looking forward to what we can do next year. Um, we've done extremely well in the portal. We've done extremely well with our recruiting class. Might have a couple of guys from both of those areas that can come in and help us from day one. Um, and we've got a lot of guys sticking around that make me optimistic to think, you know, we can, we can do even more next year. So it, it is a very good place to leave off on. Um, and yeah, while I think the stadium is a little bit black and gray and cookie cutter, um, I don't mind getting to see different places, I guess. So I will take it. Um, good win for the Tigers. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the season, it was, it really surpassed everybody's expectations. They, yeah, 
going 11, winning 11 games, just, it's arguably the best, it's probably the most fun I've had watching a Mizzou team ever. You know, I know that they were really good back in the Gary Pinkle 2000, early 2010s uh, when they made the Cotton Bowl and then made the, uh, what was the other bowl they made? The, the, I don't know. The, the two years they went to the SEC championship game. Those years were great. But this year to me was even more fun just because such low expectations. So long since they had been a contender really for anything. Like the best season they had had was eight and four. And like we would have killed for that, right? Going into the year, I said seven and five was my prediction. And I was even a little nervous for that. Um, and really through two weeks, you know, through South Dakota and through Middle Tennessee, it was like, Oh boy, we have a very long season upcoming. This is going to be dreadful. And it's crazy how much can change off of one play. If that's a 62-yard kick instead of a 61-yard kick for Mevis, this season could flip on its head the complete other way. That's just the way the sport works. That's just the way football is. And really, after that kick went through, this season just became an unbelievable joyride. Um... So many people stepped up that nobody really thought would. Brady Cook, for one, the guy that we wrote off continuously on this podcast, continuously on Twitter, um, you know, he really came back and showed people that they were wrong and that his injury last year was a bigger deal than we probably made it out to be. Um, and then you got guys, you know, just like Ennis and Chris Abrams-Strain who continued to anchor down that defense, continued to you know, make it one of the best units in the SEC. Just a lot of fun. And it's like, I'm happy to see them win the Cotton Bowl. And it was, you know, great to see the season end like that. At the same time, I'm like, damn, like, it's going to be hard to match that going forward. So, you know, overall, kind of a bittersweet. Only way to match that is by making the playoffs. That's right. Absolutely. And we'll have a shot to do that next year. I think, dare I say that, they'll be a top 12 projected team going into the season. Like, they, they should be. It's not, you know, they're, yeah. lo- they're losing some key pieces, but, like, damn, this team is going to be fun. This team is going to be just a great team to watch. I'm excited for them. Uh, you know, it, it's just it's just crazy. Like, we were so negative and justifi- justifiably so. They had been so shit. They had made so many stupid mistakes, lost so many stupid games. It just felt like they finally were on the other end. Like, the bad luck had to end eventually, and they finally were on the. Well, I got bad news. Huh? What's we have news? seven and a half months until we can be happy again. I'm just, I'm just saying, the the losses that they had a year ago, just like the what the hell, like when we went six and seven, it was like how, it flipped, like winning on a sixty-one yard field goal. We're typically the team that loses that. Winning on a that, you know that... a fourth and seventeen. We're typically the yeah. team giving up the 4th and 17 to lose the game. Just stuff like that. And it was just such an enjoyable season. And granted, you know, did we leave some food on the table perhaps with the LSU loss? Maybe. But, I mean, yes. if, if your two yes. losses if your two losses are to the Heisman Trophy winner and then to a team that hadn't lost a game in two and a half years, if you told me that in August, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be super disappointed about that. But now the expectations have risen. You know, now it's not just like, can we be a competent, decent SEC team? Now it's, we expect them to beat LSU at home. We expect those types of performances. So while, yes, it's great to win like this, also now the expectations have risen. No, I think you had two reverse Mizzou's with a K-State in the Florida game. And then, man, I mean, it doesn't really matter because I don't think it changed anything, but God. The second to one to third and thirty or whatever it was, yeah, that that lived oh, in my dreams for a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! But I have no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna moan. We do it every year. No reason to. Uh, that is that is a great season in the book, man. And uh, I think along with keeping look to get to keep Luther Burden and Brady Cook and presumably Theo East and whoever else you know you're excited to see come back. Um, we also get to keep our offensive and defensive coordinators, which I think just sets us up for a hell of a run next year. Um, so I'm I'm really hoping that they can build off this momentum and just come in as a a bit of a fire breathing dragon next year. Um, and I I think I think it's exciting. And you have I, what I'm really excited for next year. Just to wrap up the Mizzou football talk, 
I think next year what you add to the team that you kind of lacked for the majority of this season was a tight end that can stretch the field. I think last year, obviously, Norfleet, being a true freshman, really didn't play much until, you know, November or October. really wasn't a huge factor. But what we saw out of him at the end of the season really excites me that he can be mm-hmm. a guy who can stretch the field. And, I mean, you just talk yep. about adding another dynamic to the offense. Like, you lose Schrader, but in the same breath, you looks like you're going to add a tight end that can have a huge effect on the offense. And really take some pressure off of the other receivers. Not that they need it with how deep they are at receiver, but, you know, the point being, I, I'm really excited about Norfleet's future here at Mizzou. He'll, he'll, and he'll only be a sophomore next year. There's still plenty of time for him to develop into a big threat for Mizzou. So, yeah, overall, I mean, like, maybe I'm too high right now, but I'm really excited about the program going forward, and I think that they are going to be a problem in the SEC for a while. Yep, yep. Yep, I agree. I agree. Unless there's any other news that we want to go over, we could go ahead and go into D4 to the week. Go into what? D4 to the week. Oh, uh, sure. I, I have nothing else. I'm excited for Mizzou. Mizzou basketball opens up this SEC play this week. That's going to be dog shit. Not looking forward to that. <laughs> but who knows? Who wants to go first? D4 to the week, yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to think if I have one. Um, for John, just you, you guys can think about one while I say this. For wondering why the Niners are still four-point favorites, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Tyler Higby, Ernest Jones, and Joe Noteboom, Noteboom are all out for the Rams. So that's yeah. probably why. Puka Nakua yeah. will play. <laughs> he will play. Uh. But, uh, Why? That is uh, so weird that they just threw him in at the end there. Like, oh, yeah, he can play, though. It appears as if they're trying I mean, to what? put him in to break some rookie records. But regardless, uh, yeah. So that, there's a reason, I guess, why the Niners are four-point favorites. I think this week would be the hardest week of the year to be a bookie or to, to, like, set a line. I don't know how you set these lines. It's almost impossible with the types of players that are playing. But uh, yeah. we, we can go into D4 of the week. Right. Whoever wants to go first. My D for the week is the Sacramento Kings losing to the seven-win Charlotte Hornets. Hornets were on an 11-game losing streak, and somehow the Kings fucked it up. My D for the week is me. Um, and that's because I'm officially announcing my full-on drinking of the Clippers Kool-Aid. Um, it's occurred. I, I'm bought in. Weird. And that's terrible. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This, yep, is, yep, this yep, is the yep, worst yep. news that could have came out of this podcast. Yeah, that's not good. Yep, and... I, let me tell you, look, if, if if there's anything you know from soccer me or from me having a mental breakdown on week one of the COVID season because we ran the ball more times than we ever had with Mahomes, <laughs> I I like seeing my – I want my team to be fun. And I got to say, man, the Clippers have not been fun, but they, they're they playing some pretty smooth stuff right now. So they've they've got me. They've got me. Uh, they, they know where to tickle my fancy. Um <laughs> <laughs> do I do I truly believe this is going to amount to anything? No. Um, if we, yes, if we have to play the Nuggets, you are. If we have to play the Nuggets, no. If we have to play the Nuggets, there is no chance in hell we can keep Jokic under control for long enough. But honestly, man, anybody else, come at me. Come at me. Let's go. Um, I'm I'm ready to take them on. Um, but look, it's Clippers. Um, but hey, man, remember Mizzou. Mizzou only was Mizzou'd once. We had more reverse Mizzou's than Mizzou's this year. So maybe the Clippers will do the same. You never know. You never know. Yeah, my D4 of the week is Florida State and the Florida State fan base because they are delusional and just like, God, they are so, so out of touch with things. Basically, the argument I saw online was like, would you look at that? The two undefeated teams won in the college football playoff. I'm like, yeah, did anybody doubt Michigan and Washington were, like, good, solid teams that deserved to be there? Like, no. Like, they have their damn quarterbacks. They have the most important parts of their team. And Florida State's like, well, you can't use 63-3 to against us. And I'm like, I kind of am going to. Because Georgia had the same amount of opt-outs as you did. Like, they didn't have Brock Bowers. They didn't have a ton of players. And these fans are still on Twitter. They're still out there saying, like, we should have been in the playoff. How can you come to that conclusion after watching what was probably the best day of college football of all time, or at least since I've started watching? Those two games kicked ass. 
All four of those teams would have beaten Florida State by 45 points plus. It's delusion. It is just straight delusion out of them. And I feel I felt bad at first, where I was like, you know what? It does suck to watch your team go undefeated and get left out because of an injury. But I don't really feel bad anymore, because it's like, they have gone straight delusion town to the point where they were like, well, yeah, Jordan Travis wouldn't have played, but we had the best defense in the country. We would have been able to stop anyone. Like, no, you literally would not have. Washington would have aired that bitch out on you. So would Bama, so would Texas, so would Michigan. Like, oh my God, I don't get it. I don't get it. This argument is so stupid to me. I'm so glad they didn't make it in hindsight because the committee got it right. Those games were awesome, and this national championship game should be awesome. I, I'm i personally picking Washington. I think they get the job done. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Okay, let me, me just say, Michigan. I like uh, – yeah, I, I do – I am going to cheer heavy for Washington, but I do think Michigan slips by. But let me say, man – Texas losing, that was pretty damn cathartic for me. I was fist-pumping cheering when I realized that Washington didn't blow that. If you don't like realignment and the way that college football is now, I can show you who to blame. It's Texas. And if you want to know, I can redirect you to about four or five YouTube videos that can tell you why. Um, fuck them. They are the worst. They are the true evil. Um, so, good. Thank God they lost. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Washington's coach made such a boneheaded ass. He was so close to being D4 of the week for not kneeling the fucking football. Yep, 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 yep. Buddy, you just kneeled the football. And what's hilarious is people have gone like the Joel Klatz of the world and other people are on TV and they're like, instead of blaming the coach for not just kneeling, they're like, we need to change that rule that if a player gets hurt, the clock stops running. I'm like, or you could just kneel the fucking ball. Like, you could just kneel the goddamn ball and nobody gets hurt and you you run the clock, right? I don't understand this thing. I don't know if it's like an ego thing. I don't know what it is with these coaches, but they like the refusal to kneel the ball makes zero sense to me. Uh, so he was damn near D4 of the week, like you were kind of referring to where they almost blew that game. But yeah, this was the national championship game I wanted. Um, I'm excited to have it. I remember last week, Josh, you were already off the podcast, but John... My prediction was Bama-Washington, and I so badly wanted to take Washington, but I ended up taking Bama. Uh, I won't make the same mistake twice. I'm going with Washington. Pinex, man, I think we might have to start talking about he got robbed of a Heisman Trophy. That guy is fucking unbelievable, and that offense is just stupid good. Those receivers, he has better receivers to work with right now than Patrick Mahomes does, and that's not an exaggeration. He legitimately does. I agree. It is crazy how good that Washington offense is. I'm so excited for this game. I can't believe the line is at four and a half. Like, this is a pick to me. I honestly view these teams completely even. They're the best two teams. They've been the best two teams all year. Cannot wait for this game. This is going to be awesome. But Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. so. Unless I anyone else so. has anything to add, we can go ahead and wrap this episode up. Yep. Final episode of the regular season. That means... It's playoff time after this week. Those are typically where our podcasts get a little fiery and uh, some hot takes and some emotion comes out. So you won't want to miss the next month of primetime Kansas City. We'll see you then.